0: My husband, Don, and I sing in a community choir, the Long Beach Chorale, and we are really looking forward to singing in a concert tonight. Singing is a surprisingly physical act. In order to sing well, you have to have good posture. You have to stand up straight, but at the same time, you don't want to be stiff. You want to Be relaxed, your shoulders down, your knees unlocked, even your neck and your jaw and your lips and your tongue loose and relaxed. Just take a minute now and just roll your shoulders. Go ahead. You're allowed to do this in the pews, really. Just roll your shoulders. Feel how good that feels. Just kind of loosen up a little bit, right? And then there is breathing. We breathe constantly, but most of the time we don't even notice it. And unless we are physically exerting ourselves, running or swimming or riding a bike hard or lifting something heavy, we breathe in a very shallow way. Just take a breath. Yeah. When we're sitting or resting, we don't take in very much air simply because we don't have to. But when you're singing, you need a lot of air. Now, if we're not trained, and most of us aren't trained, and that's all right, there's no shame in that. Most of us will, when we take a breath to sing, we'll lift our shoulders and our chest will expand, right? So, okay. But when trained singers breathe, they breathe down low. Their shoulders stay down and air fills their chest, their abdomen, even their backs. If you were standing up, you could take a really deep breath and you could put your hands behind and you could feel your back expand as your lungs fill with air. So I'm gonna have us do some breathing right now. I'm gonna count to two and then count to two again. And and the first two, I want you to breathe in. And on the second two, I want you to breathe out. Okay, let's try it. Here we go. Breathe in, one, two. Now breathe out, one, two. Okay, now let's try a longer count. Did everybody do that? Come on, come on, come on, we'll try it again. Two counts, okay? Here we go, breathe in. One, two, breathe out. One, two. You just blow it out. Let's try it for four counts. You ready? One, two, three, four. Blow it out. One, two, three, four. I'm not hearing you blow out there. Let's do that four again. Ready? You're gonna breathe in for four and breathe out for four. Blow it out. One, two, three, four. Blow. One, two, three, four. That time I heard you. Choir, you should be doing this too. Okay, right, Patty? Yes. Okay. Ready to try six counts? We're going to breathe in for six and blow out for six. Okay, here we go. Breathe in. One, two, three, four, five, six. Blow out. One, two, three, four. Five, six, that take a little more work, a little more control. Yeah, I promise you, though, that even though you tried to blow it all out, I hope some of you tried to blow it all out, your lungs still had air in them. We take in more air than we think. Of course, it takes practice to do that really well, to really fill your lungs and fill out your body with air. Fortunately, we don't have to practice to breathe in or breathe out on a regular basis. It just happens. In fact, when you hold your breath, at some point you have to let it out. And when that happens, whether you will it or not, you take in another breath. Then you breathe it out again. You can't help but do it. It's pretty amazing. Let's breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Yeah. I'm thinking about breathing today because the Hebrew and Greek words for breath that are found in the Bible can also be translated as spirit or wind. They're the same words. In the third chapter of the Bible, for example, in the Gospel of John, rather, Jesus compares the spirit, in Greek, pneuma, To the wind, which blows when, when and when it will. The same word, pneuma, is used for both. And in the second chapter of Genesis, we read that God formed the first human from the dust of the earth and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the human became a living being. The word for breath and spirit is one and the same in Hebrew, ruach. The implications of that passage in particular are profound. God's own breath, God's spirit becomes Adam's breath and thus our own. Breathe in, breathe out. The opening chapters of the book of Acts tell us that before he ascended into heaven, Jesus, the risen Christ, told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is exactly what the eleven disciples did. They returned to Jerusalem, and along with women who had cared for Jesus in his ministry and members of Jesus' own family, they waited and they prayed. I expect that they felt a little like our graduates today excited about what was to come and eager to move on, but at the same time a little uncertain and maybe a little fearful about what the future would hold. What would happen to them? What were they supposed to do? They had absolutely no idea. And so they sat there behind closed doors, puzzling, worrying, and praying, figuratively holding their breath as they waited for whatever was to come. And then it happened. The Spirit came with the sound of gusting violent wind, and for the first time since Jesus had left them, the disciples took in deep breaths, breaths that filled their bodies and their souls. The Spirit flan, fanned flames of fire, and they breathed into again in again long, cleansing, freeing breaths. The Spirit came, and they breathed in the life-giving breath of God. Breathe in. Breathe out. That's exactly what happened when the disciples breathed in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit did not stay in them. They had to breathe it out. The scripture says that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. The Spirit had filled them with new life, and now the Spirit flowed out of them again in that which is uniquely human in language, words, Phrases, sentences, exclamations filled the air as they spoke of the wonder and hope and joy that had been bottled up inside of them in languages they had never spoken before, with courage and power that they did not know they had. Unable to stay inside any longer, they flung open the door and found themselves confronted by a large crowd, drawn to them by the sound, by the language. By the spirit who had lured others to hear about god's deeds of power most in that crowd were amazed by what they were hearing but some sneered oh they are filled with new wine and they were not entirely wrong the disciples were filled but not with wine they were filled with the holy spirit By the power of that Spirit, Peter, a backwoods, uneducated fisherman, began to preach. In this, the first Christian sermon, he referred to a prophecy from the second chapter of the Old Testament book of Joel, a prophecy in which God promises to pour out the Spirit on all people, not just on men, but also on women, not just on mature adults, but also on the young, Not just on the wealthy and powerful, but also on slaves, the lowest of the low. The Spirit will come, Joel said, not just on the disciples who had personally known Jesus, but on all who call on his name, on all flesh. And that, my friends, includes you and me. Breathe in, breathe out. It's so easy for us to see Pentecost as a one-time happening that never occurred again. But the Spirit did not fall on those disciples and then leave. The Spirit came to stay, and it continues to breathe new life into the church, filling us with hope, blessing us with moments of wonder and joy, Guiding us through times of struggle and heartache and enlivening and empowering us to do dream dreams and see visions and to do things that we never imagined doing. A century ago, the Spirit gave a small group of people in this community the dream of forming a Methodist church. And ever since then, it has motivated this congregation to make a difference in our community and our world. It has moved us to provide a safe, caring space for children and a place where young people can enjoy one another's families and be, one another's company and families and be nurtured in their faith. The Spirit has encouraged us to help those in need in sometimes surprising ways, both with our financial gifts and with hands-on love and care, and has made this church a place of welcome, belonging, and support. But just as the Spirit did not leave those first disciples in one place, so it will not leave us in the same place. In a thought-provoking video, David Lowe says that the Holy Spirit did not solve the disciples' problems. It created a new one. The problem is this, they can't stay inside, they have to go outside. On Pentecost, men and women breathed in the breath of God and then were sent out into the world to breathe out God's mercy, to tell God's story of God's grace, to share God's love, because they had to. They had to tell the story of Jesus Christ, to teach help, serve, feed, heal, pray, and love, to do all the things that Christ had done. And so it is with us. The Spirit isn't here to fix our problems. It's here to create a new one. We have a story to tell, and every time we leave this place, The Spirit is sending out to bring hope and healing, love and compassion into our homes and our schools, into the places where we work and shop, into this community and into the world. Breathe in. Breathe out. In a recent sermon, Barbara Brown Taylor suggested that the Spirit is something that we trust Not something that we understand. The questions I want to pose to you on this Pentecost Day are these Will we put our trust in this windy, flaming, wordy spirit? Will we, like the disciples of old, dare to take a deep breath of God's mercy and grace and breathe out God's loving welcome, not just on some, not just to those who are like us, but to all people? Can we look around our neighborhood and ask, who needs us? And can we trust the Spirit enough to ask how we can use our resources, however limited or unlimited they are, to bring God's love to bear on this part of the world? Will we allow our church to be set on fire? Oh, my friends, I think I, we can and we will. Because the Spirit is among us inspiring us to open our minds and hearts to see new visions and dream new dreams and giving us the courage and the power, the guidance and faith to make those visions and dreams into reality. Breathe in. Breathe out. So be it. Amen.